It's fucking humid. All of a sudden, I'm pitting hard. Where in the world are you right now? I'm in Ohio. Live from Philadelphia, you're listening to Corona, where three gay friends, each professors, creatives, and weirdos, talk with other queer and queer-adjacent creatives and personalities about anything they damn well like. From 80s pop culture to hypnotic sex practices, all while we're experiencing the COVID-19 pandemic. Season one of Queerona was recorded between March 15th and May 15th of 2020. So now lean back, relax, and enjoy. So uh, this is a, a podcast with four people now that I've, I've known for many years, including our special guest today, Abby, Abby Zivakowski. <laughs> Did you almost fuck my name up? I was going to say Abigail Zivakowski for a second. <laughs> Which I could do, I guess. Yeah, it's not yeah. illegal. Not illegal. Um, mm-hmm. Abby Zivakowski is uh, not only a professor, um, a dance professor, but also a choreographer who's shown work nationally and internationally, recently in Africa, and um, was just about to do a piece called Radioactive Practice. Wow. That um, was postponed uh, because of COVID, and there was a big feature in the New York Times about this. She is now in Columbus right now, and she's been doing some also some interesting things with making masks and and doing some stuff, groundwork in Columbus. So groundwork, groundwork. Yeah. Well, uh, I have to say that I, I, you know, I was in the Ivory Coast. I was teaching in the Ivory Coast. I didn't present. Well, I, I, I did a solo, but it's not really like my company wasn't there being presented. We were going to tour to um, London in October, but that is that we've already just they've decided that they're postponing until next year. So. Hopefully, we will be international with this work. Yeah. Wow. Whenever that happens. Are you still like rehearsing via Zoom and all? Or? We are. We're putting things together. The work is going to change. I mean, the, the way that everybody is just talking about what, what live performance is going to be, it's not going to be. Uh, sat in the same way. It's not going to be in the same proximity. I don't know. You know, I had actually, I usually never have touching in pieces. And in this work, I had a lot of people touching and in close. I mean, beyond that, they're breathing so heavy because they're pushing sort of cardiovascularly so hard. That's like, it doesn't even matter if they're touching or not, just their breath is enough to sort of infect whatever space these 10 people are in. So they're, this is, I'm just taking this time because it does seem like it's a real, it's a pause for now. And so figuring out, I'm trying to let my anxiety and adrenaline come down so I can actually make a good choice on how to move forward and not just go into like what the, what, what everyone's initial mode was, which is like salvage, like go like do this, do that. So like I, I put that crazy energy into making like hundreds of masks <laughs> and just donating them to people because I just needed to do something that I could see the result of and then just fucking you know, on top of finishing the semester, I actually, I also just got tenure at, you know, I'm an associate professor now. 
at the University of Illinois. So I congratulations. Uh, very exciting. So what? So what? So let's dance. Abby was in my dance company called Alley Inc. Alley Inc. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Which I was also in. Which also Philip was in. There is a photo of me on stage with Abby. Yeah. And how many? How many? Uh, how many were in the troupe? Five. <laughs> five. With five, <laughs> <laughs> should we list them or is that? Yeah, I'd love to. Anyone we know? <laughs> Julia Crawford. Okay. Well. Illustrious Julia Illustrious Crawford. Crawford. And you three, and then like a Doctor Lester Tomei. Yeah. Doctor fucking Doctor Carolyn Merritt. Yes. Glamour. Glamour. Danielle Kinney. <laughs> Was she in your? Is she official? Yeah. So you're, you're naming anyone no, you in any of Amy, your pieces. Amy Smith is in it a lot. What is Amy it like on Saturday Night Live they call where there's like the main players, right? Yeah. And it was like the... Yeah. Yeah. I would say Amy Smith you could count as an Elliot. Yeah, I mean... Her, Just for that pregnancy thing she did on stage. How many performances did Allie Inc. have? <laughs> we had a lot of performances. There was about like eight dances that I made. I just remember Sator formula terrifying the CEC audiences. Correct. <laughs> wow. It was that about timely now. That was an intense piece. That it actually really starred these two that are on the podcast with us tonight, Matthew. Really? Yes. Yeah. And I didn't know you danced. Well, I was never really like in the dance part of it, but well, in one other not this one, but another one I dropped oranges and I wore all black. Okay. Um, in this one, we all had robes. <laughs> Choir robes. I remember doing, like, we did this fake, like, studio thing. Uh-huh. We made weird noises. Now, um... And I was, like, a cult leader. I think that's what I, I was. Yeah. I was, like, the cult leader. What happened to... Did, did, what happened to Allie, Inc.? Abby's success eclipsed the rest of the <laughs> yes, years? And yes. <laughs> She she left. Abby is the most successful thing about Allieg. <laughs> well, everyone starts someplace. Allieg was sort of the setting alive of of dance, really, right? Yeah. yeah. Where was your home base? Where your what, what? What? Where was your what? What you know? Like where? Where did you perform out of? Was it like? Did you have one like a space? Mitten <laughs> Hall. Yeah. Oh, Mitten Hall. That was like I I rehearsed more at Mitten Hall with you, George, Mm. than anybody else. Like, Mm. Ellie performed at the Ethical Society in Rittenhouse Square. Oh, I love that building. And it performed at the CEC in West Philly, which is a cool space, or was. I guess it's still doing those things. Um, I'm not familiar with that space. Also in San Francisco. Wow, so you traveled too. Mm-hmm. So this was a real deal. Yeah. Wow. Well, you was, know, I got my master's in choreography. I did know that. Suddenly yeah. George is the guest on today's. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier sometimes. Thanks for joining us. It's, it's easier for that to happen sometimes. <laughs> we're, we're setting up. Abby, usually the conversation turns into a moment where we discuss George and Philip's relationship briefly. <laughs> How do you teach dance if you can't have that physical? Like you like like how do you teach the arts if we can't get near people? 
how do you, like, you can't remote learning this, right? Am I crazy? What was easier about this semester was that I had already had the first half of the semester in person. Mm -hmm. So again, like it was like, we already knew each other. Like we already had, we already knew what something was feeling like. So there was a baseline to kind of refer back to. I've taught some master classes and it just, it's a lot of work. I get maybe, I would say I would get through a little in real life, I would get through maybe half of what I could get through in real life in a Zoom class. Like everything takes twice as long because you need to be so verbally articulate about things and, you know, show things in the body. But it's like I'm coming up here and then I have to run away to make sure you can see my body. And then I'm coming up close to look at your body and then I'm coming away to like make sure you can see my body. So it, it will change things for sure if it's the only way Um and also for me, the sort of reciprocity of being in a classroom is important. I know a lot of people are doing like, you know, Instagram live classes and Facebook classes, but on, on that, you're only getting, you're only outputting, you're not inputting. Right. So it's like taking time to get the input because even like it's easier with four of us, you know, when you're stepping on people's words and there's that lag, that like delay and you're like, uh, ooh, no, you go, no, I go. So yeah. It's definitely going to change. They say that dance and architecture are the two primary arts. I've been trying to stay positive. Momar, he just, he came in from work. He, um, he's my partner, Matthew, and he, he worked with us on this new piece. He's super positive, And so he's been a good influence on keeping me positive of just like, I mean, really the only way is through it. Like we can't, you can't control so much. And that was like, I was a fucking wreck for like the first, the first week I was here, like the first couple of weeks, I was so anxious and such a wreck. And, uh, I, at a certain point you just say, fuck it. And like, now I have to like go for a ride. Yeah. I yeah. think you are somebody that is totally going to find some way of doing this in a way that no one has done it before that you, you know, you pay attention to these sort of things in terms of like how we translate movement that I think, you know, it's, even though it's not ideal for anyone, I think that you're going to be able to thrive with this in, in a different way. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, I think the only leg up I have is that I had, you know, I have so much material, right? I have an evening length piece. So it's not like, yes, yeah, some things will have to shift, but sometimes it's easier. I have stuff that I can pull from to start problem solving processes with um, that I'm kind of, once I'm at peace, I still need some time like not doing that before I can come back around to doing that. I think also you seem very create you well, obviously you're creative but that you, polka dot shirt on that polka dot shirt says pandemic survivor but you also <laughs> seem, um, seem um capable of doing revolutionary work or thinking out of uh, thinking beyond the beyond the pale and i think that's what's needed in every field no matter what happens i think all the the wild, the wild thinkers, you know, and the, and the, and the, and the real, the ones who are like, screw it. I got a better idea. That's the ones that's, those are the people who are going to succeed, I think. Yeah. And then there comes a moment when she looks at you in the mirror and you realize 
that she's looking at you and recognizing you as herself. I've been doing early morning bike rides, um, like starting at 6.30 or 7 and seeing, you know, the city in this pandemic Mm -hmm. splendor. And so today I went up to Temple and I went to Temple University and I was taking some pictures, you know, artsy pictures. Mm -hmm. And then um, I know George is familiar, but I don't know. Abby went to Temple too. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So you know the walk. So do you know where the new Charles Library is? No, because Abby hasn't been in at temp, hasn't been to a temple in a little while. Probably. What's that walk? What's the name of that walk? Is it Con? What's the walkway? Leochorus Walk. Leochorus Walk. Yeah. you know that goes kind of like down, and all the old brownstones are there. So it's, you know, like yeah. So I was at the top of the hill there, kind of near where the you know school of communications is, and you know Annenberg and all that, and I thought I'll, I'll just ride my bike down the hill and I'll, I'll take a real neat video of it. And so I'm taking a video and I'm coming down and in my head, I was going to fly by all the buildings and go right up to that, that owl, you know, that owl statue, that big metal owl statue. And I realized I was going too fast. And so I squeezed the brakes, but what I had forgotten was, I was only squeezing one break. And so inertia made me go, woo, because I had the camera in my other hand. Yeah. There's, so like, I, there's the keys. You were also filming while you were riding keep, your did bike. You keep, did you keep filming, most importantly? He did. Yeah, it's online. Get that shot. <laughs> yeah, I got the whole shot. So then I flipped over um, and I hit the ground. And there was only like one person for blocks. And she like kind of saw me and stopped and I was like, no, I'm okay. Just one last question. Can I ask you, Billy, what does it feel like when you're dancing? You can help support Queerona Podcast by sponsoring us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash queerona, where there are several tiers of support where you can assist us with our production and bringing new voices for season two of Queerona. There are three tiers of support. Oh my God, what are you doing? There are four tiers of support for Queerona. Our first tier is a $15 shout out. Our second tier gives you all access to all of season one immediately at $40. At $50, you receive that plus the shout out. And for those who really want to support us, you can get a luxury t-shirt designed by collage artist Toby Celery for $100. At the end of each conversation, Abby, we talk about like something that you think people should do or read or watch or think about um, when they're, if they're bored. Do an eclectic celebration of the dance. You do fussy, fussy, fussy. You do Martha Graham, Martha Graham, Martha Graham. Or Twyla, Twyla, Twyla. Or Michael Kidd, Michael Kidd, Michael Kidd, Michael Kidd. Or Madonna, Madonna, Madonna. Matt, why don't you start us off? 
On Instagram, I encourage everyone to follow the influencer or the account Pet Shop Boy. Um, I find his Insta stories to be the funniest things I've ever seen. Mixed media, um, transgressive statements about politics and culture, um, queer tropes, um, the real housewives, 80s sitcoms. It's filled with just a little bit of everything. And he has an ability to kind of edit it all together and also does something that I've always admired. Um, God, this has really become the kiss George's ass hour, but he does something <laughs> that I um, think George, George, he does something that I stole from George and I used for clients and they love it is share like trivia or quizzes as part of the stories to continue like a, uh, like a, like a, like a, like a, a, some, a, like a story going. And it's just, he's really just very, very, very talented. I'm finding there's some really good storytellers on Instagram. And then there's some people who are just lonely and at home. <laughs> and then there's the powerful combination of both. So um, pet shop boy, I, I highly recommend them. And it's just, just some really funny stuff. Dr. Moore. Yes, Dr. Moore. We're going to call you that now, Dr. Moore. Doc, yeah. Doc Moore? <laughs> this week, I would, I'm acknowledging a publishing house called Gray Wolf Press, which is out of Minneapolis. And the reason I'm acknowledging them is because there's two books I wanted to read recently. And I ordered both of these books. And I was reading the second of the books when I realized they were both published by the same publisher, totally random, which is this uh, Grey Wolf Press. One was uh, someone who participated in collage called, named Paul Lisicki, yes, who wrote a memoir uh, that takes place in Provincetown. When he first went to Provincetown in the early 90s on a writing fellowship, and he was just starting to come out. And of course, you know, this sort of second generation of AIDS was happening. So it's this amazing memoir about Provincetown in the early 90s coming out with AIDS. And the second book um, is called In the Dream House, which is by Carmen Maria Machado. And she's writing uh, about her relationship, which was a lesbian relationship and psychological abuse. And so these books are very different. Right. There's a lot of seriousness to both of the books. Um, but they're both in these like fragmented styles and they have a lot of, they pull from pop culture and life and, and uh, they're both like terrific and totally different. And I just thought it was amazing that just by coincidence, they were both the same publisher. So whatever they're doing in Grey Wolf Press in Minneapolis, it seems pretty cool. Cool. First of all, you should read um, the New York Times article and follow um, Abby's uh, dance company Instagram, Abby Z and the New Utility for information and glamour. Mm -hmm. But also, I was thinking of another dance-related New York Times article that recently came out, which is a um, an article written by Yvonne Rayner, uh, Judson Church luminaire, uh, a postmodern choreographer that originally became popular in the 1960s, and she created 
a, um, a dance, a DIY dance for your home that you can do on your own. So basically it's like a series of, in, of uh, uh, tools and, or a series of instructions rather mm. of how you can create this dance called um, passing and jostling while being confined to a small apartment. That's the name of the piece. So um, it's a fun little thing to think about, like how you can like performance and dance is really to a certain degree about the framing of it. And that if you can, um, if you want to, you can create your own little performance um, just by doing this very simple movement um, and following these instructions. So it's just like something that makes you think about like this sort of concept of performance. So it's called A DIY Dance for Your Home from Yvonne Rayner. I've just been watching a lot of TV and sewing. So in order to break out of that, I was doing weird shit. I've been balancing fruit. Like those are a couple of apples and tangerines. Just inspired by Jenga. Just find shit in your house and try to balance it on top of other shit and see how far you can push it. It can be, I think like I'm also looking for choreographic inspiration by like, okay, how else can the body be assembled if it can't move through space in the same way I want it to? So my charge is to stack some weird shit on other weird shit, take a photo and tag me on Instagram. What is the weirdest stuff you've stacked so far? I've really only started with various fruits, but yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, get into some new shit this weekend. Ooh. Electronics, maybe. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you start off with fruit because of the Genesis story of Adam and Eve and the forbidden fruit? How did you get to that? <laughs> Always. It all comes back to Eve. (laughs) (laughs) You and your Judeo-Christian imagery. (laughs) I know. I can't escape it. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you, Abby, for being on Queerona. I didn't even know what it was called. You've been listening to Queerona. Queerona was hosted by George Alley, Matthew Ray, and Philip Moore. With editing by Paul Schuler. Theme song, Undivided Attention, by George Alley. Available on iTunes. To support Queerona, please go to patreon.com backslash Queerona. Queerona is available on iTunes, automatic.com. 